program from a cultural perspective we find this program necessary because Hosea 4 6 states my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge but we as a people will turn this around Proverbs 4 7 states wisdom is the principal thing therefore get wisdom with all that getting get an understanding again welcome to the program this evening with your host brother Elliot and brother Richard the number to reach us to join the conversation this evening is 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. We're streaming live at several locations. You can go to timeforanawakening.com, which is the homepage and catch the live stream. At that location, you can go to www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. Again, it's www blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening and catch the live stream there also. You can go to bb2me.com, that's A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I.com forward slash time for an awakening and stream from Ghana. Or you can download the TuneIn radio app to any of your devices. TuneIn is a free radio app. In that TuneIn search engine, just type in time for an awakening. There you'll see the icon and you can stream the program live even into your car if you have the Bluetooth capabilities or the auxiliary connection again that's time for an awakening radio program with the live stream on the tune in app drop us an email at time for an awakening at gmail.com again that's time for an awakening at gmail.com time for an awakening also has a fan page on facebook in that facebook search engine you can type in time for an awakening radio program there you always see interesting content being posted daily by myself or brother richard and do me a favor before you leave that page, just hit that like button. That's time for an awakening radio program. The fan page on Facebook and time for an awakening media is also there. Always full of the latest podcasts of the various programs on time for an awakening. Interesting articles that you can read, download at later times and share with your friends. And also check out that time for an awakening marketplace in our partnership with the BB to me. Always interesting things in the marketplace all the time. Various African language classes, classes on education, economics, social systems, health, and much, much more being taught by professors on both the continent and in the diaspora. So, again, make that one of your favorites. Put that in your address bar. That's timeforanawakening.com. Timeforanawakening.com will take you straight to Time for an Awakening Media. It's 8.07 here on this Friday edition of Time for an Awakening this Friday August the 4th edition of Time for an Awakening Board. Summer's flying by. And we're in Freestyle Friday mode. Anything that's on your mind, you can give us a call. We'll talk about it. And uh, we'll be right back to get the program started after a brief word from our sponsors. Mr. Moderator, 
our distinguished guests, brothers and sisters, our friends and, and our enemies. Everybody is here. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American-owned and operated insurance agency and business for over 20 years, located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowners insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 21- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter, serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. Overworked? Suffering with an underperforming company, headache customer, staff, or vendors? Or are you a startup who wants to get it right the first time and avoid the costly mistakes? We turned a $24,000 a year odd job handyman service into a seven-figure high-end custom home builder and commercial contractor licensed and operating in three states. This is just one transformation created for entrepreneurs like you in various industries around the country. Not what you're used to from accounting and business consulting? Well, welcome to New Business Solutions. If you're ready to go beyond advising, coaching, and training and get implemented results, call 301-244-9072. Let New Business Solutions apply the best comprehensive administrative accounting, operations, human resources, management, sales, and marketing to help you actualize your vision for yourself and your company. From anywhere nationally, call 301-244-9072. Spelled new as in numerous on your device right now. Book your free consultation at newbusinesssolutions.com. History is a clock that people use to tell their political and cultural time of day. It is also a compass that people use to find themselves on the map of human geography. History tells of people where they have been and what they have been, where they are and what they are. Most important, history tells a people where they still must go, what they still must be. The relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother. 
From antiquity to the present, our people need to develop a new paradigm. It's time for an awakening with your host, Brother Elliot. Sundays, 7 p.m., Fridays at 8 p.m. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit us up at Time for an Awakening at gmail.com. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. It's 8-12 here on this Friday edition of Time for an Awakening. Before we get started with our program this evening, I want to welcome in my co-host, Philadelphia activist and tour guide at the African American Museum here in Philadelphia at 7th and Arch Street. Brother Richard is with us. Brother Richard. Yes, sir, Brother Ellie. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm just, uh, as you say, kind of savoring these last uh, moments. Hopefully it seems to be a little longer of summer and questioning, you know, taking this opportunity, you know, free South Friday to question what's going on in the black world, um, which seems to be a lot of things on both sides of the ledger um, in relationship to what's being done to us and what is being and what are we are, what are we doing? Richard, it's uh, you know, I, w- I wanted to get Brother Siddiqui on because I read that letter that the uh, the organization. In fact, it was several organizations that kind of coalesced up there in Boston. Um, around the uh, refusal, basically, of the NAACP to answer the community's uh, request to have some type of uh, uh, economic injection into the black areas in Boston because they were having a convention and there was no plan to at least have the people come down to different areas. In fact, I don't, I don't have the, the uh, press release in front of me. But, uh, you know, I, I think Roxbury is a, is a black area up there in Boston, different areas in Boston where blacks are to have, you know, the, the people come down and socialize to eat, uh, to go to the uh, the, the uh, music establishments, to, to spend some money among their own. It was, right. no, it was no plan to have that uh, done, and it wasn't like they approached them suddenly. This had been open discussions for the past three months before that convention had happened, and it was no plan to have them do that, and I'm quite sure they didn't. It, it was just the last uh, time he, he mentioned on the program when he was here about, what, three weeks ago, that, right. uh, you know, he heard crickets when uh, the question was asked. So I want to get him back on to kind of give a recap update on what happened around that um, because we we kind of talked about the overview of what was going to be talked about there and you know that whole thing is a case study in the 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 dichotomy of what's going on in our community <laughs> you got you got all of these things that they was was going to build plenaries around uh criminal justice reform, uh, uh, the affirmative action, the stuff that happened around affirmative action, police reform, uh, developed strategies, and they had Hillary Clinton as the keynote and other people speaking that really have no track record in activism that I'm aware of. Now, maybe the listening audience does. You know, Jasmine Guy and Kadeem Hardison from the different world, uh, they might be nice people. They had they had some other black reality stars from some of these crazy television shows. They might be nice folks. They might be related to some of the listening audience. I'm not bashing them as people. I'm bashing them as far as the work. I mean, what track record do they have of working in the community to develop strategies 
to defeat this beast that we're dealing with. Mm. Uh, I don't know of any, Richard. And, and or how they think they're going to go about it. Um, well, I'm of two thoughts, Elliot. When you mention the entertainers, is it because they're thinking of, of being entertained and that's what they're um, looking for, you know, to have those those entertainers come and and be a part more than being about part of uh, organizing for, you know, actual systemic or social change? Um and then the other part is, well, are they just see themselves lobbying or get coming together to just lobby amongst themselves of what they may do to support themselves? But he not, to, as you're saying, and Brother Siddiqui was saying, not really um, trying to figure out how and what they do, they can be supportive to the development of a, a community by um, planning their conferences to where it can be integrated into you know the the economic activity of a of the black community for that particular moment. Well, it was integrated, all right. Um, I, I'll kind of share some of the things with the listening audience to get their opinions on what they're hearing. You know, some of our people we got to listen. It's good to hear people conversate, you know, whatever. But people got to get involved in what's being stated and give their opinions. Uh, uh, even if they do it, they don't have to do it on this program. Do it among your family. Uh, have a family meeting. Uh, do it when you, listen, it's summertime, so people having family reunions. Uh, when you have your gathering, bring these things up. They're going to have to be discussed. Some of these young people got to hear these perspectives. Because when we see our young people going off track, and then we, oh, my, look at these people, at this and that, and we criticize them, we need to look in the mirror. I'm going to play some of these clips, Richard. And Mick Mill, now, he wasn't in. When I looked on the MWCP website and they mentioned some of the speakers, Meek Mills wasn't included. Robert Kraft. He showed up. Well, no, I don't think he, no, he didn't just show up. He was invited. He said it. Robert Kraft, the racist bigot owner of the, of the football team, the English player, was there. And so these people were there. They were invited. But he says some things, Richard. I, I'm a play him. I, 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 I want to get your opinion and the listening audience. When they hear these things, I need your opinion. I need mm. your opinion on this. Because they, it's not disturbing. But I understand what they're doing. And some of our people that are in positions, I don't want to say positions of power, positions where they should know better. They're playing a dangerous game. Either you're ignorant, and when I say ignorant, just don't understand what you're dealing with, or you are, what did Malcolm say? He used, Malcolm used strong language when he said you're a traitor to your race. You remember that clip that I played? Yeah. You know, you, you, you're playing, you straddling on the fence there that you could be considered a, a, a traitor to your race when you play these silly games. I'm going to play some of these clips so you can the listening audience can hear them, and I want your opinion, Richard, too, on what you're hearing. Uh, when I play them, you're going to first hear Derek uh, uh, Johnson. He's the director. Uh, the uh, you know, I think he's from Jackson. You're going to hear his overview of this particular plenary session, planning session, or whatever. Then you're going to hear Gates. 
I'm just going to play a portion of crap craft. I don't want to spend no time on him because he's not, he, uh, he, he's there for a reason. Mm. And then I'm going to play Mills. I'm going to play a couple of things that Mills said, but, um, you know, before I do that, Richard, let me, because I, I talked with, uh, brother Obig Boner early this week. And I mentioned to him that we need him to come on. And I was going to contact, Brother Maurice Carney, um, about coming on to, I mean, you know, we, we had Brother Jumay Faye on about um, maybe less than a month ago. And he talked about what's going on among young people there. You remember, Richard, the conversation right. that we had? Right. And I want to get Maurice Carney, because, listen, Maurice Carney was on about four months ago, Richard, if I'm not mistaken. Earlier, you know, I think it was in the early spring. But a lot of things have happened since he has been on. Mm-hmm. You've had coups over there on the continent, and and you really can't put a finger. See, over here, Richard, we can't put a finger on really what's going on. Mm-hmm. Whether these coups are directed to put puppets in place, right, or whether the people are just sick of this foolishness, and are, are trying to snatch power. Mm. Now, it's some indication. Now, this is just me talking, Richard. I don't have, that's why I want to bring those men on. They're closer to the situation than me. It's some indication, Richard, that some of these movements are, are, or come from the community or grassroots. Right. Because you see the United States, along with their brethren in Europe's response to what's going on. Uh, it, in fact, uh, one of them, not Gambia, in, in Niger, they they were talking about uh, putting together some type of force to go in there. Did you see any of those reports, Richard? Right. Well, yeah, ECOWAS there, uh, you know, is um, which is supposed to be led by Nigeria, is supposed to be putting a force to go in. Matter of fact, the other day they um, turned out the lights. I mean, the, you know, the, the energy, uh, utilities. Yeah, but that, if you notice, Richard, they're being directed by someone else. Right. They're putting right. them up the front. But it's either France or one of them is directing them, the United States. Mm-hmm. They're directing them. Uh, but I'm talking about direct intervention from the United States. And Ger- I think Germany was involved in some d- d- discussions. No, I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't see that. Yeah, I'll send you some of those other articles. In fact, I want to get those men on to talk about exactly what's going on, because these responses from people that look like us is eventually go- see. That's why they want to try to keep the lid on what's going on here. This is a key area, Richard. I mean, I don't know whether you agree, and I think that you do, but this is a key area because you got blacks here that are very educated maybe more educated than any blacks on this planet. So they're really a key to strategies and basically the movements of all black people. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah. And Elliot, you know, and as you um, move, you know, to also to, because to me, the systemic challenge that we have is one, you know, on this global global scale what that we're looking at in relation to our, um, Africa and Nigeria, Nigeria specifically, is the same thing that you'll be bringing up later in relationship to what um, went down in Boston. There are two different camps in relationship to what 
and, and I, I only know colloquial, um, Elliot, and to the time for waking, to what black folks want to do. Yeah, exactly. We, we want to either align with, you know, and be supported by those who um, actually um, colonize and are extracting our wealth. And in the case of Nigeria, you know, or, and I like to, you know, just bring up those, these two, this, this two, I, two points that I'm watching. We are told, and as you just mentioned, Africa has the youngest population on the planet. It's, it's no denying today. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, and what we're seeing in Niger is this young population um, being, and this is the other element that I'm, I'm emphasizing, who are, are anti-France. They don't want France to be extracting billions of dollars out of their economy to go into French banks, and then they have to borrow it back. And then the people in that country, the young people, are don't have jobs, you know, living in destitute. They, they obviously don't want that. But there's obviously another group who obviously, whether it be the president that just got removed, and possibly, and there's no, to my understanding, there's no confirmation about the military to that military coup, whether they are in line with those young people who who want to delink from France totally, they want the French out. Didn't they kick the French out? Or, or at least some? Yeah. Not only did they leave, but they told them they didn't want them there. Yeah. But more importantly, they don't want the France to be getting um, the billions of dollars going out of their country into France, supporting France up. That's what the, you know, and leaving them um, not only resource poor by extraction of uranium, but, but monetarily poor by the extraction of the wealth dollars out of that country into French banks. They don't want that. Yeah. We, we, whether this, mm, go ahead. Whether this coup is supporting what those young people want or not is something to be still to be determined because definitely the president was supporting France. You talking about the, the pre- what president? You talking about this president here? The one, the one that they just, the one that just just deposed. Oh, oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, and they want him. In fact, the United States demanded that he be put back in plow or whatever. Right. right. And my last point on this, on this, which is an interesting parallel, for those who could remember Vietnam, when um, the North Vietnam, when France was fighting the North Vietnamese, remember, the French got kicked out of North Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, remember that? Yeah. Oh, look who came in. Mm-hmm. And was there for twelve, thirteen years, and basically had to run out of there. There you go. And look and look what this look what the scenario here is and and the only tinker the only switch is when they talk about ECOWAS or these African countries that are going in the name of they they're not going directly in the United States or France ain't going directly in they're saying they're sending African surrogate company countries military into 
and trying and telling Niger that they need to put that president back in office. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's why I want to get those brothers on that are closer to this situation to really give our people a, a real background because your you're elected officials, they're not going to tell you nothing about what's going on. You'll get these reports on the news, which is filtered, watered down, but you see what's going on in these areas. And look what's going on in Jamaica. Now, all you hear, oh, marauding gangs is running around. You know, they they describe in that situation almost like I would describe North Philly or South Philly. Mm-hmm. Marauding gangs running around. That's how they describe anywhere where you are. Mm-hmm. But it, it's clear that it's something going on in those countries where they want control of their living arrangements, their, their money, and everything else. I mean, mm-hmm. we discussed when Jumay, Brother Jumay was on. 80, what was it, 80, I think it's 65% of the resources mm-hmm. are given to France. Right. And then they charge another 20% for for them putting their money in French banks. Right. And then they got the first refusal of any resources coming out of that country. If France don't want it, then they can try to market it to someone else. But all you hear, I just heard the other day, I'm watching the television, and they had a young black girl here that's host of one of these local news shows, Philadelphia. And the white host is saying, uh, you're going on vacation this summer? And she said, listen, my dream vacation is to go to Paris. Now, she's not the first black I've heard say that. You want to go to these places that have raped and robbed the country of your nativity? You don't, Whatever you see in France is because black folks put it there. I'm talking about from their resources. Right. So the city of lights or however they describe France, that's all your people's wealth or the land of your nativity's wealth. And maybe some of your direct descendants coming out of those particular areas. But all you know is I want to go to France. I want to go to European countries, Rome and all that other stuff. What is the, What is a black person's here desire to go to those places? But Richard, I, again, I want to play some of those clips from that convention to get the listening audience. I want their feedback on what they're hearing because this is, uh, to me, it's disturbing because, like I said, the lines are being drawn. It's a clear propaganda going on. And we got to understand exactly what we're dealing with. And And listen, I'm not saying that we don't. But it's just disturbing to me. We got to reach these young people to prepare them to what they're going to be dealing with. You heard Charles Cobb say that he's worried. You heard him, Richard. And that's almost prophetic, what he said on this program. This man gave his life, uh, has given almost all of his life. He was 19 when he first started. He's in his 80s now. Or 80, whatever, Richard. I don't want to make the man older. I think he's... Early yeah, 80s. I think he said he was close to yeah. yeah, early 80s. So he's given the majority of his life to this. And he said he's disturbed because what these young black activists are going to be fighting, they didn't have to fight, which is their own. You heard him say it, Richard. Right. Right. Yeah, so I, I, I want to play some of those clips. But before, before I do that, look at what's going on in Jamaica. Now, They've been plastering all on the television that this young white girl that who went over there for the Peace Corps, and here we go with the Peace Corps stuff again. 
We we know what that always traditionally was, right? Right. She was working with the Peace Corps, and uh, she decided to be there to teach young blacks because they didn't have no education. And I'm being facetious. And she was snatched over there, what they said. So, they, you, you know, they want her back. They plan, they're showing her picture all on TV. So what they did, Richard, they went over to Kenya, the United States, and said that they want Kenya to lead a force. Did you see that? No, no. They want Kenya to lead this multinational force in there. To re- in Jamaica. To, into Jamaica to so-called restore order and get this girl back. But Kenya was saying, no, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So some more representatives, I guess Bilkin and, uh, and, and Langley, because he's over the African Union. I mean, not excuse me, the AFRICOM. I guess they're all involved in these conversations. They never tell you really who it is. Mm-hmm. Me- Meeks might be involved because he's black, and he's over at the Foreign Council of Foreign Relations, isn't he, Richard? Right. right. Something about oh, the Foreign Relations. Um, was that the chair? Yeah. yeah. And and mm-hmm. Linda Thomas Greenfield, who is the, the the United States representative to the UN. Right. So, you know, she's there. Right. So they're trying to convince Kenya to lead this delegation. So, you know, it's a black nation up front that's running in there, you know, in the guise of the United States pushing them. But Kenya said, well, no, I don't, I don't want to do it. So mm-hmm. now there's pressure being mounted. So this is going to be interesting for the next couple of days exactly what's going to go on because they keep this, uh, this, this narrative in front of you about this girl is in peril. They don't know what has happened. This, that, and the other. And as you as you get to play this, the clip and the discussion we'll have based off of what happened in Boston, because what you, I mean, you, you what you see in symbolically in relationship to these black folks who are being asked by someone else, primarily, mostly, we, we characterize it as white, right? United States power, um, Vulcan and them. Uh, asking an African country to go to a Caribbean country to because instead of other than that, they would be sending U.S. troops, American troops or British troops into there. And they don't want to do that no more. Why? Because they don't want these young people to be, there's already a, a resentment to not only white troops coming in, but these white countries that put them in the condition they're in. Mm-hmm. Now, when you transfer that to Boston, where you know when you hear based off, of, and I haven't heard it yet, but when you hear it, we're talking about these. We're domestically, you have black folks who you would think is supposed to be looking out and working in the interests of black folks, but I'm, um, you're going to have to correct me, you know, by, by presenting this. I think what we're going to hear. They don't look like they're looking out for the the interests of black folks, the 28% that's impoverished or the three only 3% of business development and, and the amount of the educational um, assault that's going to, you don't hear that kind of stuff coming out of these black folks, but they're there to be containing. Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let, let's go into some of this, Richard. Um, you know, now it didn't mention that on their website. 
when I shared the things with the Time for the Awakening audience about what was going to go on up there. But this particular plenary or they had, that they had or planning session, strategy session, was supposed to be around criminal justice and fighting racism. But something else was involved that wasn't talked about on the website. You know, everybody uses black folks, and they don't use black people as, in mass. They use black leadership, and the masses of the people, just like Cynthia McKinney said, is on the sideline watching. You remember her, her, her yeah. analogy, Richard? Right. Uh, gays. Gays, lesbian, LGBTQ, then use black folks or black movements for the past five since almost since uh, uh, Michael Brown with that with, with Black Lives Matter and all to push an agenda. And now, five or six years, seven years down the line, or to, to this uh, to date now, they got a lot of this legislation and stuff eased based off your sweat. Now all of a sudden, it's something else involved. Now I'm gonna play some of this, some of these clips, Richard, and I, I must, I might stop it while they're talking, just to get your feedback. The listening audience here, you can call in and and add whatever you want to add, but by down two one five four nine zero ninety eight thirty two. I'm gonna play some of these clips, Richard, from this particular session. I'm not. I might save some of them other ones because uh, Hillary Clinton got the Spingarn Award. Oh, that's what it was? Yeah, that's why she was there as the keynote. Now, so she done went full circle, Richard. The so-called, now she, if you remember, her and her husband was dubbed the first black president by some of these, this same ilk that we're talking about. So she, but what, about four or five years ago, she won that Margaret Sanger Award, you remember? Oh, yeah. That racist eugenist that started Planned Parenthood. Now she won Spin Garden Award. Spingard was clearly uh, uh, working with the, he was almost like a double agent. He f- helped form this organization, but he was working with the, the uh, CIA at that time, or maybe they didn't even have the CIA. Military industrial yeah, military, military intelligence. intelligence, yes. So it was clear that he was a double, he was doing double duty, put it that way. Uh, those are facts. That's not uh, anti-Semitic, all types of old foolish uh, rhetoric or tropes. I'll use that term that they want to use, tropes. That's not a trope. That's a fact. So, but let me play some of these clips. Let's start first with Derek Johnson. He uh, he he kind of led the talk, led it off. They had a person moderating. This is what he said in his couple of minutes opening things up. And I'm, I might stop it. I might just let it go through and just kind of recap it, Richard. But l- listen to what he's saying here. This is Derek Johnson, NAACP. The NAACP was created in the backdrop of successes by the African-American community to hold the Constitution true to its commitment. We took up arms. We defeated a... Now, wait a minute. Hold it. Let, I don't want to do this. Hold it, Richard. That's not historical. That's a lie. Did you hear what he said? <laughs> the, the uphold. Mm-hmm. The successes. They were fighting that whole time. It, it, it was four organizations that were started before them. Right. 
the, the African American League or the Afro no, it was a who was first? The League or the Council? The African American Council? The League right. was first or the Council? The um the Council. Okay. And then it was the League was established, right. I think, in the late eighteen hundreds. Right. And then it was the Niagara movement. Right. Which was almost around the same time that the uh NAACP was started. Right. right. But blacks was started organizing to try to direct or to help our people. And a quote-unquote talented 10th was organizing. Now, unlike the so-called talented 10th of today, those men really had the best interests of the masses of black people at heart. And said they didn't want to have white leadership at all involved. Yes. But that's why I would, I'm going to play this through. I ain't going to keep stopping because I'll keep stopping on a lot of these things. I'll just come back. And, and and talk about it. But let me let me play this from the beginning because it's only his his opening was only two minutes. Let me play it again. The NAACP was created in the backdrop of successes by the African American community to hold the Constitution true to its commitment. We took up arms, we defeated a treasonous army. We kept the United States united, and we built public policy infrastructure in the South, public education, among many other things, only to find ourselves compromised in a deal for business reasons. And as a result of that, individuals, William Morrow Trotter, he and Bosses and many others, they met to confront the issue of race in America. Today, we find ourselves in the same quagmire. Public policy is the driving force around how society should be. The most effective tool to derail progressive public policy is the use of race and otherism. And what we are looking at in the backdrop of the 2016 election is an aggressive attempt to otherize communities like African American, the Jewish communities, the Muslim communities, women, the LGBT community, because individuals are seeking to maintain a 1950 profile of who we are as a country, as opposed to recognize that we are the most diverse country in our history, that we've never had this much diversity. And as a result of that, we are seeing massive attacks against the Jewish community, against the African-American community, because of fear that we, as we move forward, that opportunity will be more equalized as opposed to only one segment of our populations controlling and dominating everything. And so that's the fight we're up against. It's not personal. It's a strategy. It's a tool that we must recognize it for that and use all that we have through coalitions with other communities to ensure we are not the targets. So it's planned. It's absolutely planned. It's absolutely. Now, Richard, Mm. he said this was a business business arrangement Mm. after we fought to... uh, treasonous army to make America free. Right. That's not historically accurate. That's not Mm -hmm. why our ancestors was fighting. 
I mean, why are you telling? If it's young people in the audience, why are you telling them? Why are you telling them that? They don't understand, and you'll see clearly that Meek Mills don't really understand his historical experience. So mm. why, why are you putting this narrative out there? That's not true. He mentioned William Monroe Trotter. If you notice, he didn't mention Du Bois. Well, wait a minute, Rich. Hold it. I'm going to pass it to you. Trotter was never even a part. Now, you can clear me up on this. He didn't join the NAACP because he didn't want to join the organization with whites in it. Right. So what the hell? How is he mentioning Trotter there? He's right. He was right when he said Trotter was trying to organize to for black people to have rights. Right. But what did that have to do with the NAACP? Trotter wasn't interested when Du Bois came to him with that idea because Du Bois was involved in the Niagara movement with Trotter. And clear me up if I said something that's wrong. That's it. That's when it. he came up with that idea about, oh, and listen, I'm not defaulting Du Bois. Because the boys had black people's best interest at heart, but he didn't realize the mistakes that he made until later on. Mm-hmm. When he came up with that idea, oh, listen, we need some allies. We can join with these people. They said no. It, not only him, Ida B. Wells said no, didn't she, Richard? Right. And and and, uh, and the name just went out of my mind. The newspaper um, person, um, also another newspaper person said no. Uh, yes. tri- uh, not Trotter, uh, um, T. Thomas Fortune. Right, there you go. They said, no, we're not joining with these people. We're not doing that. But he did pr- bring a couple of blacks over. into. They joined that and then with Spingarn and some of those others, and they started the NAACP. But the, the Niagara movement ended up falling apart. Right. But those men didn't join that movement because it was whites involved. But Derek Johnson put Trotter's name up there like he was involved in that. What, what, mm. what, what? See, that's what I'm talking about, Richard. Either you're ignorant or you're just lying, and that's treasonous to me. Now, Repack- go ahead. Repackaging, repackaging our history to service because they got to be. They got to show that they're centered in blackness and black American historical experience. They got to show it, and and this and he's representing this generation, so he knows that if he doesn't position them to that as you're saying i mean they would only be positioned to this multicultural um you know of the NAACP which which was supposed to be about this diversity where Trotter and them said we don't need no diversity <laughs> wow but you got a nerve to mention Trotter for ourselves i mean that that's what threw me richard that he mentioned yeah. Trotter. So if you got young blacks in the audience that don't know, they'll they, oh, Trotter was involved in the NAACP. He was never involved mm. and didn't want to get involved. Ida B. Wells said, no, I'm not joining that organization. You go ahead. We're not doing that. Mm. And then he talked about, oh, oh uh, I get, listen, this narrative now must come from his white handlers or white leadership. Mm. Otherism. Where the hell did this come from, Richard? Mm. Otherisms. Jew. He didn't mention Jew. He mentioned Jews about two, three times in that opening. I thought they were supposed know, to be developing strategy around what we're supposed to be doing. What the hell are you talking about? 
the thing that got me on that, Elliot, you know, usually when you're writing a speech, you want to um, put things of first priority. So when he mentions diversity, who is you would, or even just going into that, he mentions the Jewish community first. first. Yes. And, and then blacks. And then blacks. That only, see, see, I'm glad you caught that, Richard, because I was getting ready to mention that. See, these are the things that black media need to be used for, brothers and sisters. And I'm not trying to say that we know, come on, we just out here trying to do what we do. But when you hear Shopton and these other, the Golden Eagle, the Bald Eagle, uh, the, uh, the Black Eagle and all, these are the areas that they need. They need to be discussing these things. Put these things in front of the marketplace of ideas, which is the masses of black people, and get them to say, well, wait a minute, what the hell is going on? Now, he mentioned... Uh, it didn't this thing this this thing didn't raise its ugly head until 2016 elections? Here they go with this narrative that Trump uh 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 uh, uh started this, this 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 stuff has been going on ever since we've been arrived on these shores. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, now wait, if he want to use Trump as a quote-unquote barometer, then why do you have Robert Kraft sitting up there on your plenary as a panelist? What is it? What the hell? Is, what, what are you doing? You're talking out of both sides of your mouth, uh, uh, Derek Johnson? Or no, that organization? Are you talking out of both sides of your mouth? Let me read this to you, Richard. This is from 2018 article in USA Today. It says, how much money... NFL owners have donated to Trump. Uh, out of the 32 NFL teams, 28 of them had given money to Trump's campaign. Uh, and it mentions some of the largest donors. Let me re- read just a few lines of this. The Arizona Cardinals, Carolina Panthers, Dallas Cowboys, Washington football team had not issued statements as of Sunday afternoon. But here are the financial contributions made by owners to Trump and other political interest. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, Jimmy Haslam, I guess he's the owner. Uh, Haslam, the CEO, gave 300, no, excuse me, he gave $100,000 at one time and then $300,000 to Donald Trump. Jerry Jones, uh, contributed the contribution from Jones made by Glenstone Limited Partnership of which Jones is president, gave $1 million to Donald Trump. Houston, Texas owner Robert McNair, a $1 million. Jacksonville owner Shahid Khan, Shahid Khan, $1 million. Rams owner Stan Kroenke, a million bucks. New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft, contributed made by Kraft Food Group, LLC. Kraft is the chairman, CEO, he gave a million dollars to Trump. Edward Glazier of Tampa Bay, Daniel Snyder, uh, uh, and he gave all this money. And then it gives other times when money was given by some of these owners. But the, the thing I'm focusing in on is Robert Kraft gave over one million dollars to Trump mm-hmm. and other money. I know he gave other money. That's the money that, that they know about. He could have gave more dark money. 
that dark money you don't know about. This was published money that he gave to Trump. So when these people are talking about January 6th, uh, uh, not January 6th, 2016, the beast was released. You got a man sitting up on stage that helped release it. Like, mm. Why are you playing these games with black people? I mean, these guys are a disgrace. So black people can say, oh, Brother Elliot, you're a hater. You do what you do. Do what you do. Start reading and find out what these people are doing. Then maybe you'll be a hater too. This guy gave over $1 million to your arch enemy, Donald Trump. Although it wouldn't make no difference if he gave it to Joe Biden or, or George Bush or, or Hillary Clinton when she was running. It wouldn't make no difference. But he gave over $1 million to Donald Trump. And he's sitting up there on the stage talking about helping plan for, for young black people like Meek Mills. Are you kidding me? What's wrong with that picture? Now, let me move over to Gates. Richard, the historian Gates. And let's see what he has to say. His opening statement, because she went to him next. Racism and anti-Semitism, they're obviously, of course, different, but they do have some common roots. Sure. Um, it's a great honor for me to be here, and thank you very much for convening the panel, and thanks to all of you for showing up on a Sunday afternoon. White supremacy relies on the maintenance of anti-black racism and anti-Semitism. There will never be a time when these two struggles will not be connected. I tell my students at Harvard that under the floorboards of Western culture run two streams. One is anti-black racism and one is anti-Semitism. And any time a demagogue wants to stir up people, they just lift up the floorboards and dip her out all that hatred against our people and against our Jewish brothers and sisters. When um, Hitler was done killing the Jews, you know who he was going to kill next? Us. We have to join hands together to defeat white supremacy because Jews and black people have a common enemy. And that common enemy was kicked awake, as you all know, by the election of the first black president of the United States. That fact drove... So uh, Richard, he didn't mention Donald Trump. He went back and said he was kicked awake by, uh, by, by Obama's election. Mm-hmm. Man. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Richard. Because uh, I'll play the rest, but go ahead. Oh, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't like invoking this Jewish thing. But why is it so intertwined? I, they are totally different. Wow. No. Wait, wait. Gates said it's not. Gates is a Harvard educated, a Harvard teacher at Harvard, Richard. You don't know what you're talking about. Gates said it. Gates said it in front of young black people in that audience. You think they're going to listen to you or listen to Gates? Gates got the shows all on Channel 12. And listen, Gates put out some good information. But it's always that underlying stuff, man. You know, it's almost like you, you, uh, 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 it's a soup and there's taught parts of the soup that you don't like. You got to filter it out. Gates always got that underlying crap with a lot of the stuff he put out. But you see the message. You heard the message that Dan Derek Johnson said that was intertwined with otherisms and he mentioned Jews first. And mm -hmm. you hear this man saying the same thing. 
Maybe I'm living then, in an altered universe. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Richard. You know, the thing that gets me is that they always go to Hitler. What about Leopold? <laughs> Goodness. If you want to, I mean, like, I, I mean, I ain't saying you can't bring that up, but at that period, what was Leopold doing to black folks and the powered world was in an agreement. How much of that, when you're talking about, and they was going to come back after you too. I mean, you killing, you killing, you cutting off arms and legs. And he killed more than something. They, well, I ain't going. It ain't no comparison to how many. Let the people look it up. How many people did they documented that Leopold killed in the Congo? Because yeah, I don't need to compare no apples and oranges. Congo today is still the central point. Yes. No, I just that that just that always gets me with the like this. I can't get it. I don't. I, I mean, you know, I, I don't. I'm sorry, Alan. You pull up the floorboards, and it's always racism and anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. We got a common enemy. The last time I looked, these, listen, I'm not just like you said. I'm not even dealing with no uh, uh, um, uh, religious group because they were white. I don't care whether they were Christian, Catholic. Jewish, they are, they're white. They all participated in this. Germans, French, English, who's here, all these people participated in this. I ain't focusing in on religious persuasion. They seem to be fascinated by it because some of the whites gave them money. Mm. Let me finish. His is only two minutes. I'm going to play it all over again, Richard. Racism and anti-Semitism, they're obviously, of course, different, but they do have some common roots. Sure. Um, it's a great honor for me to be here, and thank you very much for convening the panel, and thanks to all of you for showing up on a Sunday afternoon. White supremacy relies on the maintenance of anti-black racism and anti-Semitism. There will never be a time when these two struggles will not be connected. I tell my students at Harvard that under the floorboards of Western culture run two streams. One is anti-black racism and one is anti-Semitism. And anytime a demagogue wants to stir up people, they just lift up the floorboards and dip her out all that hatred against our people and against our Jewish brothers and sisters. When um, Hitler was done killing the Jews, you know who he was going to kill next? Us. We have to join hands together to defeat white supremacy because Jews and black people have a common enemy. And that common enemy was kicked awake, as you all know, by the election of the first black president of the United States. That fact drove so many of our white brothers and sisters crazy. And we saw a rise in hate acts that was unprecedented, which is why we need each other today. We need each other today because the only way we can slay our common enemy is together. Many of the members of the NAACP, and I'm a lifetime member, have forgotten the origins. The 
the NAAC was founded in 1909 when many of the founders were Jewish. Jewish founders and board members had an outside um, impact on the creation of this great organization. So without Jewish support, the NAACP would never have gotten off the ground. Go ahead. Go ahead. Gates was slick, Elliot. Because you heard the, the, the president of it, and he tried to place it in Trotter, right? Mm-hmm. But Gates said, wait a minute, no doubt. Uh, the found, most of the members and the money came from the Jewish community. <laughs> God. Let's let's be historically correct. Wow, wow! I, I do. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And neither one of them mentioned Du Bois, right? And he's the historian. He didn't mention Du Bois. He mentioned Jews. Derek Johnson, who's the head of the organization. Never mentioned the boys. He mentioned Trotter, who never even joined the organization. Had no, he had no desire to join it. See, that's what I'm talking about, Richard. These men are not ignorant. You're playing a dangerous game when you do a talking stuff like this because it's more like treason. It's like you don't care about the masses of your people. You just want them indoctrinated. Mm. Now, let me go to Mills. I'm going to go to Mills first. Then he went to, and I, I just want to play a minute of craft because he was only getting up there touting what those men was, was trying to say. He get up there to basically talking about uh, Jews being involved and, and how he grew up. I don't give a damn about all that. <laughs> but let me play Mills. Listen closely to what he's saying, Richard, and you'll see the naivete there. Uh, the, the, Listen, we don't need to criticize these men. Somebody that's close to him need to teach him. See, because this old guy then grabbed a hold of him and is indoctrinating him. It's going to be clear when he starts to talk it because he let something out of the bag, Richard, in this this convention here. Mm. I didn't know that he had went to Auschwitz. That had never been in the media. They know everything else that these black entertainers is doing. That had never been in there. And plus, he said something. He said, when we flew here, I asked Robert, what should I say? Uh, huh? Listen, 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 and listen to all this. Listen to what he says. And I'm going to play two clips on to what he says. But listen to the first thing when he's, because there was only four people on this particular panel. You heard two of the guys. I don't know where they, you know, you heard two of these statements, initial statements from two of the members. Here's the last two. I'll play Mills first. Friends? Uh, yeah, because I always go back and forth with a lot of people. <laughs> they think it's like Robert Kravitz is a billionaire sports team owner, and that's somebody I'm just following behind. Uh, me, I told Robert on a plane on the way here, and I don't know how I was just said on stage. I told him back there, I'm like, how should I say stuff? But I told him before, uh, 10, 15 years ago when I was caught up in the system as a young guy, I never seen like uh, a white successful businessman coming to help me in between uh, my hardships with the system. And I had a lot of uh, other black men that helped me, but 
I never expected uh, an older white male to come help me. And I talked to Robert when I was on the phone. I was in prison. I was on the phone, my friend Mike, and I told him to put me on the phone with Robert. And when I talked to Robert, I was like, I'm just asking bold stuff and these things that people wouldn't ask. I asked, could he come see me in prison? And when Robert said that, he said he said he never seen it inside of a prison. Uh, that was shocking to me. Uh, just us having conversations in studios, uh, him being around my friends, and he said, I seen in his heart that it was really shocking to him. And it's just him in the studio, 2 a.m. amongst a black a group of young black kids that come from the hood, and he want to know our story. And from him seeing him learning about my story and actually caring about uh, the causes that affected me and my peoples, it was probably two years ago where Robert said, I'm going to get you to come to Poland with me. And I didn't know the effects of how many friends I had that were Jewish that had family members that were connected to what happened in Poland and Oskowitz. And I didn't go there to get a thank you. I didn't go there for any uh, certain agenda. I went there because Robert actually learned about me and my friends, my lifestyle and where I came from. And when he asked me to go to Poland, uh, I went. And he asked me about a year ago, uh, two years ago. And when we went, he showed me some things there that I never seen before. And it was similar to the lifestyle. It was more raw and it was more violence that, I was, that was shown in that museum. But, you know, Robert took me there and I, I seen that for my own self. And it just gave me what it gave him when he came to the prison and seen me, you know. And I brought that back to my neighborhood. And when I came back, a lot of people from the Jewish community was thinking me and saying that they know that I care. Me, I come from a ruthless environment. I grew up in a hood where it isn't any rules. You know, we have morals. We never lost morals. But it's ruthless in the environment. Through all that I grew up in, I still never lost my care for all types of people. I never was taught that way not to care about all types of people. And I would never lose that. And... Me and people like Robert, myself, he opened doors for me to be on stages like this because before I wasn't on stages like this. I was on rap stages rapping about, you know, violence and guns. You know, we get paid to rap about that stuff. They actually pay us more when we rap about more ignorant stuff. So I make sure I even align and come on talking on stages like this. Richard, I want to stop it there briefly. Did you hear what he said? About the getting paid part? Yes. The whole- yes. Yeah. He said they actually pay us more. To rap mm. about that. What they? What mm. they? What they? Just like when Gates mentioned about uh, uh, um, when he said that the cover was pulled off and 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 and, and, the, and they unleashed this on us. What they? What who are they? Mm. What they is he talking about? They actually pay us more to do this. The thing that came to my mind, Elliot, and I had to look it up. That. Cause he sounded like he was a child. This is thir- this is a thirty six year old man. Uh huh. He sounded like what you say? Like a child. See, 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 Richard. I'm glad that you see this. I'm not trying to denigrate the brother. He's thirty six years old, but you can see clearly that he is ignorant of things. Don't necessarily. Well, he's thirty six, so you got to put some type of onus on him. But come on, man. He don't sound like he's no 36-year-old man. Come on. He's being used. He right. don't see that. He can't see that. Maybe he will later on. He don't see it now. And you're going to hear in this second clip exactly why Robert Kraft 
is cultivating a relationship with him. I heard a, a guy on one of the daytime hosts here in Philadelphia. One of our callers, regular calls of this program, confronted the host about uh, Mills and Kraft. And the host, I guess he figured he was telling him off, Robert Kraft and him are friends. I mean, that's so stupid. Kraft know what he's doing when he's reaching out to Mills, when he's taking him to Auschwitz, when he's showing him all these things and comparing situations, and then he getting back here and there's, there's a bunch of other uh, uh, whites I don't even say the Jews, other whites meeting him, and, and, oh, I didn't know you cared. They know what they want out of him. He don't know. He thinks these people genuinely care for him. You heard him say it, Richard. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me pl- finish playing this, and then I'm going to move forward because he got another part that he wanted to say. And people like Robert, myself, he opened doors for me to be on stages like this because before I wasn't on stages like this. I was on rap stages rapping about, you know, violence and guns. You know, we get paid to rap about that stuff. They actually pay us more when we rap about more ignorant stuff. So I make sure I even align and come talk on stages like this. But you guys, the NAACP opened up doors for people like me to be able to power forward because the things that fund us, that don't power me for you know I just make sure because I know better and I'm at an age point I'm 36 they power is really went from when we 21 to 25 where we really don't know I'm one of the lucky ones that made it through where I was able to get my knowledge and sense and I'm the one that keep the line on the rap ignorance and be able to level out uh, conversations like these and deliver it to the young people who may not attend things like this so I would just say I appreciate you guys for having given me this opportunity and I, he didn't have to come to that prison and come see a young guy that was toting a gun once upon a time in a hood and put his name on the line when he had a lot of people telling him don't do that and he did it so I commend him and I didn't expect that from a person of where he come from and he opened a bridge to my life to be able to open bridge for more people you hear that right Richard yeah, I, I, I hear. I don't even know what. Like it's, you know, this is the difficult um, thing, Elliot. How do we? And and uh, you, you raised this question about treason, which is important and powerful. How do we distinguish when people? And I, I'm not going to saying about, about Meeks, but people like that who who see. Because in my mind, I said all those black men that go to prison who are, you know, are the religious faith-based guys, guys who, who were in prison that are dealing with prisoners. But what gets the limelight is someone who is tied to just because this, what, uh, owner of a ball team that, that's Jewish? or uh, of the, I don't even want to say of the Jewish faith. I, I agree with you. Of, of, of that's white. Come to you. He's your savior. And now he's your savior, and because he's your savior, and he shows you how they, their, their oppression, like you, you, you can't, you're, you're, you're still living, and he said he's still living like back in the hood, which is it's it's so barbaric, and now he can go back and tell the his people because he saved him. How does that sound? 
is that trait is that treasonous or is that just um like you say being used yeah well, how do how do we characterize that and make that not a negative pointed to him but also recognize that it's harmful point directed at us well it is harmful now in my opinion richard i wouldn't put him in the treason category because it's clear he don't know he's being used it's different with johnson and gates that stuff that they were saying that was clearly historically inaccurate is not mistakes or ignorance on those men's part. They said that intentionally. Intentionally. But you can see that what he's saying, he, you heard him say in the beginning, well, when I was on the plane, I asked Robert, what should I say? What? You a grown 36-year-old man. You're going to be speaking to people that look like you. You asking this man, what should you say? You heard him say that, Richard. Yeah, yeah. And you, you raise another point, Elliot, in relationship to what Gates said. Hey, Gates said that this that it was predominantly Jewish, predominantly Jewish on the board. But when you go to that meeting in Boston, I don't, I, 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 we have to have somebody close who was there. I don't think it was a lot of white folks there. I think there was primarily black folks there. Yeah, well, we'll get we'll get the brother Zadiki because I I know that the, I doubt if he was there personally, but I know probably people from the organization kind of went to kind of spy to see what was going on. But let me I'm before I kind of get the calls involved, take a break. Uh, I want to. I just want to play a minute of the the the, 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 the the guy that's the Trump supporter. I just want to play a minute of what he said. Then I want to go back and play something else that Mills said. To, if people don't understand that he's being used, you'll really understand it from this second part that he mentions. But let me play. First, I'll play Kraft. Let me play just a little bit of that foolishness. The Jewish concept of taking action to repair the world, which is what you did, took action to go and see Meek in prison and took action in inviting him to Poland. How has this value shaped your life and your actions? Well, um, that's really the center. For, first of all, it's an honor for me to be here today. And, Professor, thank you all for... Give me this opportunity listening to Professor Gates and me speak about our joint communities. And thank you, Derek, for inviting us here and giving this this opportunity. You know, I grew up in, uh, I was privileged to have two loving parents. We were very modest financial uh, home, but my father left me an ethical will. And he said, when you go to bed every night, make sure the people you've touched that day are richer for having known you. And that symbolizes the tikkun olam to me. And I love this country um, with all its faults um, because I was a young man who went to school on full scholarship. I didn't have my first car till on my own till I was 25. And, you know, I've been able to live my dream. Um, you know, uh, I had a greater chance of being a starting quarterback in the NFL. There are 32 than owning a franchise in my hometown. 
But what does that mean? It means that this country has been open to everyone to have great opportunities. And I'm very worried about the country right now, what's going on. And um, let me stop there, Richard. You hear, do you hear two of his narratives that he's putting out? Right, right. That this country is open to everyone to have the opportunity because he owned his first team when he was 32 years old. Those teams ain't cheap. They ain't, they ain't a couple of hundred dollars. They're tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars. Now they're billions of dollars. He owned his first team when he was 32. So this country is open to everybody. I love this country with all its faults. Mm. That's the narrative he's putting out there. Mm. So they're hearing this. These young blacks, they might be of a certain economic footing. Who knows? But that message that they're putting, that message he's putting out there, that message that he's sending to Mills, he ain't just saying that at that meeting. He's pumping that into him. And then he's giving him more dollars to back it up. Mm-hmm. in his pocket. You heard him say that it's been financially rewarding for him to have a friendship with with the with the craft. You heard him say that, Rich. Yeah. That's why I'm saying he said some things there that shows his naivete. Some people wouldn't have mentioned those things. If he hadn't have mentioned that what's the name took him to Ashwitz, none of those I didn't hear anybody else mention that. None of these black entertainment shows is always talking a bunch of foolishness about different stuff. I've never heard none of them mention that. And in fact, the only time somebody goes there or, or required to go to Auschwitz is when you make anti-Semitic statements like right. Nick Cannon, like Deshaun Jackson, like others. You, you, you got to meet with rabbis. You got to apologize at least two or three times. And then you go to Auschwitz. This he he never mentioned anything. He never said anything anti-Semitic. But the guy took him to Auschwitz. But all these whites that make all types of crazy statements, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, the Kennedy guy that's running for president now, he made statements about the other. They they don't they never say to any of these whites, uh, we you got to meet with rabbis, apologize two three times, and go to Auschwitz. Uh, maybe you could tell me some whites that they may go to Auschwitz, Richard. They only only make blacks do that. And other blacks that's in power don't say, oh, wait a minute. We we don't have to do that. We're men just like you. You don't hear him say nothing about it when these people are being publicly beat, like like, uh, like that um, uh, example that Cynthia McKinney gave of like Toby. Akunta was beaten, forced to say his name was Toby. They're the ones that's doing the beating. Mm-hmm. Now, let me play his last message, Richard, because if you wasn't clear, and I'm just being facetious, if you wasn't clear that he's being used by not just Kraft, it's other people with Kraft that even arranged that meeting. You heard him say when he was in prison, he told his buddy, get Kraft on the phone. Uh-huh. How does that work? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That whole scenario, Richard. How, how does that work? Unless Kraft was already reaching out to him. And you know how Kraft reached out to him. Kraft don't know nothing about no darn Meek Mills. 
You know how Kraft reached out to him. They got a bigger connection. The bigger connection is Jay-Z. He put him in touch with all these young black uh, uh, entertainers. And giving him this narrative to put out there. You heard him say that once he got back, he went among his peers. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go to this second clip. It'll make it a little more clear why. Here's the second clip. There's a lot of different media platforms that are going to be putting out different information. And I, I want to go to Meek on this because you have the ability to influence people, not just through social media, but obviously through your music as well. And what kind of role do you feel that you play in that? And how can social media uh, be utilized to help communicate these conversations that we're having and educate young people? Uh, me, uh how I operate, I, I'm one of the kids that we talking about, you know, the war on drugs, growing up in a house without a father. I'm actually one of those kids. I grew up most of my 20s, no matter if I had a record deal and I made millions of dollars. I still spent most of my 20s, well, my whole 20s on probation. But you guys, if you didn't hear it, your kids that may grow up in the next 10, 20 years know about the pain and struggles of people like us went through parole. So if it didn't kick in this era next year... I mean, in the next 10 years, it may kick in. So, you know, me using my voice and platform because, you know, I know other artists that come from where we come from that don't speak on the issues that uh, we face every day. Uh, I was telling them backstage, uh, me seeing Poland and the Holocaust and coming back to America, I said, they don't really have to kill us. And I'm talking about in the black culture in the hood. And I ain't talking about the whole black culture, just in the hood where I come from. Our self-hatred level is risen to the highest level because uh, we are taught to kill each other now and not... This is a real thing that I just noticed of. If you just give a liquor, weed, and guns, you don't got to really execute us. We'll do it in the long run. And you know me, uh, I'm not... Wait a minute, Richard, I got to stop there. Richard, did you just hear that? Yeah, yeah. He, he just found this out. Mm-hmm. He's one of the kids. He is no kid. He's 36 years old. He just found this out. He's been singing about it and rapping about it and talking all kind of crazy stuff about the air. He's talking about he, the, 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 the devastation that he grew up in. He grew up right where he, he was from 19th, right between uh, 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 Pemberton and, 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 and uh, 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 Fitzwater. He grew up right in my neighborhood. His family, put it that way, his family. He was much younger. He, was, he wasn't even born when I was coming along. Mm-hmm. But his family grew up right there. It was, in, it was in the city, so what? I mean, you know, he act like he grew up in a, 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 a worn, torn area. <laughs> but that's the way they want them to describe it when they're singing on these records. Right. But he just found out that, uh, that all this stuff is... is uh, is, is, is devastating to our people. You just found this out. He said this. I'm not saying this about him, Richard. He just said it. You heard him say it out of his mouth. Out of his yeah. mouth. But that's why they got, that's why Kraft and the people that's with Kraft is cultivating a relationship with him because he can reach young blacks. You heard You heard it. And he said, and he said, and this goes to this broader context, you know, that we'll, we'll talk about another time. Those 10 years from now. So he's talking, 
he's talking to them now on a pretense. He's being put in front of them now that 10 years from now, they'll have the point of view that he has now. And what is that point of view? Yeah, That's, well, that's the critical question. That, that's what they're hoping. That's going to fail, Richard. That's what they're hoping. These people that's cultivating this relationship with him, with Jay-Z, with others, that's what they're hoping. If you remember last year when they brought Ice Cube and had him speak before that uh, Jewish convention, and we was asking the you know the question the, you know publicly like what what what's the purpose what's going on there? We might be seeing now what was the purpose in doing that. We might be seeing some fruits of why. Mm-hmm. Let me. I'm gonna play the rest of this out. I'm gonna go back on that a little bit. I'm gonna play the rest of this out. I come from. Our self-hatred level is risen to the highest level because uh, we are taught to kill each other now and not. This is a real thing that I just noticed of if you just give a liquor, weed and guns, you don't got to really execute us. We'll do it in the long run. And you know me, uh, I'm not perfect. I'm not an angel, but I don't live on the side of committing crimes or power on the side of wrong. I live on the side of what I know is right or what I think is right and what I believe is right. And using my voice to power things, if you guys in this room, some of y'all don't know my reps, maybe your kids do it. Maybe your kids might grow into politics 10 years from now and may understand my culture a little bit more. So using my voice to the fullest ability is all I could do. And I tell Robert and him, I say I'm a rapper. Uh, I got my voice from being an artist, from all these kids being able to listen to me. I always want to keep that, you know. I always want to keep my voice. So you may hear me talking about things that don't align with you guys' lifestyle, but I've been living in the hood and grew up in that pain more than I've been on this side. So I'm going to deliver this side of voice, but I always want to keep that young air so I can be able to talk to him about things like this one day, you know. Amen. Uh, Richard, uh, well, now you hear clearly why they're developing these relationships with these young uh, entertainers, maybe young sports stars, uh, young film actors. You see why they're cultivating these entertain uh, these these relationships because they can influence a whole new generation of blacks. Colonization. Mm-hmm. Colonization 101. If it's something else, maybe somebody can enlighten me. Let's take a brief break. We got a couple callers on the line. We'll get right to them. We're going to take a brief break. And when we come back, uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll go to the phones. You can get involved in the conversation by dialing 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. Time for an awakening. This is to be black. Time for an awakening. We'll be right back.
listening to Time for an Awakening. Time for an Awakening. With host Brother Elliot and Brother Richard on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at Time for an Awakening at gmail.com. It's coming. This is to be Black Liberation Movement. Elmer Geronimo Pratt Gun Club presents the 7th Annual Black Liberation Movement Building Power Summit 2023. Building Power Summit, free the land, undivide, and reclaim. September 15th to the 17th, Jackson, Mississippi at the historic Black Tougaloo College. Portions of the conference to be aired on Time for an Awakening Media, Black Talk Radio Network. Calling all serious black power organizations, revolutionaries, organizers to attend this divine experience. For more information, contact Brother Patrick Lumumba, 662-560-5434. Sister Crystal Denise, 405-361-4751. And Brother Nick Bezel, 512-364-0050. That's the 7th Annual Black Liberation Movement Building Power Summit 2023. RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter, serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. Escape the digital plantation. Abibitumi.com, Abibitumi.tv, Abibitumi.tv.com, Abibitumi.store are here for you. You are ready to be free of non-African social media. Don't run from danger, run to safety. Abibitumi.com is here for you. You are ready to be free of digital plantations to control your own products. Abibitumi.store is here for you. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I, Black Power, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. The only word you need to know to join your global Kometsu Black family, to join your interconnected Kometsu Black communities, escape the digital plantation now. Abibitumi.com, Abibitumi.tv, Abibitumi.tv.com, Abibitumi.store. We are here for you. Escape the digital plantation. that this problem needs to be solved and we can't keep relegating it to generation after generation because a few of us got a little money, a few of us got positions, a few of us have wealth while the masses of our people are going steadily down. No one man can rise above the condition of his people. The brother said responsibility. Is it, is it that we should let them take responsibility to do for us? Or should we pool the knowledge that's at the table, the power that's in our community, the wealth that's in our community to change the harsh reality of black life in America? 
We have to do the job of fulfilling the black agenda. Thank you. have a message to the black man because the black man today is a man who has been made now almost into a laughing stock nobody takes the black man serious we're just used to be somebody's tool we are the sportsmen we're the singers and the dancers and we're also labeled as the pimps and the criminals and the drug dealers, and the killers, and the vagabonds of society. We're the bogeymen of British society and other Western systems. And we want to dispel that lie and destroy those myths and put the black man back on the map where we belong. Who is the black man? The black man is the original man. If it wasn't for the black man, no other men could be on this planet. We are the fathers of humanity. We gave birth to all of you. Day, you can't do nothing for me. See, that's what we got to be careful of. We got to be careful of who we bow down to. But see, when you get in your congregation and you talk this Jesus, this powerful Jesus that's sitting at the right hand of the Father with all power in his hand, then you go with your hat in your hand to the governor, to the mayor, to the president, begging for some crumbs. You have sold your God cheap. And you make the white man downtown disrespect all of us. Time for an Awakening is a proud part of the Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black digital and podcasting platform. 
Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. It's 9.35 on this Freestyle Friday edition of Time for an Awakening. And in the time we have left, you can get involved in the conversation by dialing 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. Richard, before we go to the phone, we got uh, two callers here. Uh, before we go to the phone, let me say this. Because the theme from that particular plenary or planning session was to fight for uh, for black folks and to fight against anti-Semitism. Would you agree? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Okay. To fight anti-Semitism. Now, let me read these two things from, just like you said, I, I'm focusing in on the Europeans. I'm not focusing in whether they're Catholic uh, uh, Christian, Southern Baptist Jews. I ain't focusing on it. They're white. But it was a poll done by some of the same folks that are at that NAACP meeting. Let me read to you. So when they're telling young blacks to fight as a, to uh, fight against racism and to fight anti-Semitism, who that might be directed at. Let me read these two surveys. One was done in 1998, and it was another one done recently because this article came from June to, uh, 2022. Let me read the one from 1998. This is from the uh, JewishLibrary.org. It says, ADL survey finds anti-Semitism high in the black community. It says, African-Americans continue to be significantly more than white Americans to hold anti-Jewish beliefs. As with whites, education level is the most important factor affecting the attitudes of blacks towards Jews. Confirming the three previous studies, black Americans remain considerably more than white Americans to hold anti-Semitic views. In 1998 survey, uh, 34% of blacks, nearly four times as likely as whites at 9%, to fall into the most anti-Semitic category. The overall level of anti-Semitism among African Americans, 34% compared to 1992, was 37%. This very slight decline in acceptance of anti-Jewish stereotypes has been significantly slower among blacks than whites, expanding the racial gap in attitudes towards Jews in 1998. The current survey reaffirms the strong correlation between education level and acceptance of anti-Jewish stereotypes among African Americans. Among those blacks without any college education, 43% fall into the most anti-Semitic group. This number drops to 27% among African Americans with some college and stands at 18% among blacks with a four-year college degree. So they did a survey, Richard, in 92 and 98. You know, it's a study. They're studying you. Yeah. Studying you. No, we don't study them. In fact, some of your leadership don't even look at that the, they need to be studied. But all of these people... Whites in general, I'm not even talking about no religious organizations, are studying you. 
And they say that you're the most anti-Semitic. You are. So, you're lower class. Let's be specific. Yeah, yeah you're lower class. But all of you, they're saying all of you. Well, I ain't read this other article yet. Notice this was from 1998. They did another study. In fact, the 1998 study mentions one from 92. But this other article going to show you other dates where they did studies. So this is ongoing. So when they say that the lower class, they consider the lower class blacks is where they're having a significant problem, right? That's what this article says, right? Right. What what is what do they consider Mills, Richard? Let me. Uh, that's what he considered. Okay, but uh, I, I know it. He admitted it, or he said it. But they consider him that lower class that needs right. to be convinced. Right. That's why Kraft and others are reaching him and using other blacks like Jay-Z and others to cultivate these men. They want them to reach that quote-unquote lower class. They got, they got the educated ones. Wow. See, see that, um, brothers and sisters, come on. Come on. Come on now. And and the most powerful and the powerful thing that you said is that these uh, uh view opinion view surveys they're doing on us. But who is doing the opinion suit specifically as it relates to them? It relates to an identity group. Mm-hmm. Who is doing the opinion view surveys as it relates to us as an identity group? Who's 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 surveying them to say, well, what is your view about black folks? <laughs> well, you already know their view about black folks. Look at some but, of the know, policies. Go but, ahead. but who's doing that? Well, that's what your leadership is supposed to be doing. That's why you you elect them. You put them out front to be leaders. Come up with these ideas. Come up with solutions. And how is it two people that are two groups that are so separate from each other? Especially now, you're talking about 98. You, you, you know, now more than ever. You, if you go back to maybe that period between, what, 20s and 40s, 20s and 50s, you can say, well, you know, especially in urban areas, we're some close proximity. But now you can't say, what is dry? What, like, where does that come from? What are they saying? And then going to call them uneducated. How is uneducated people knowing so much about some other people that they should be a problem, have a problem? Uh, exactly. Exactly. Where there's smoke, there's fire. There's something going on. Now, look at this other article from 2022, and these callers, give, bear with me. This other article, and it was uh, June 2022. It's, black, it's, called, it's entitled, the header is Black Anti-Semitism in America, Past and Present. Now, the one article, the ADL did a survey. It was in 92 and in 98. But look at this other one, Richard. It says, from the mid-60s, barely a generation after the Holocaust, when corporate America began to hire Jews, black militants, often black nationalists, began to mount a full-throttle assault on Jews and the Jewish state. From these years until the present, now, keep in mind, this article is from June 2022. Mm-hmm. It says, from these years into the present, polls regularly reveal not only significantly greater position, percentages of African Americans than uh, greater 
Excuse me, hold it. Read that again. From these years into the present, polls regularly reveal not only significantly greater percentages of African blacks than whites endorse anti-Semitic tropes, but that animus was stronger among younger, better educated blacks. A study conducted in 1970 ranked 73% of blacks in their 20s as opposed to 35% who were 50 and older as a high on the index of anti-Semitism. Unlike during the Civil Rights Movement, by 1978, a survey of black leaders found that 81% agreed that Jews chose money over people. And in 1975 polls, about two-thirds were indifferent to whether Israel existed as a state. Overall assessment of the incidence of anti-Semitism among blacks and whites reveals stark differences. In 1981, 42% of blacks, as opposed to 20% of whites, agreed that Jews had too much power in the United States. About a quarter of a century later, in 2005, the divide persisted. 36% of African Americans held strong anti-Semitic beliefs four times the percentage of whites. The racial gulf was evident even within political categories. In 2020, 42% of black liberals versus 15% of white liberals endorsed anti-Semitic stereotypes. So, Richard, these polls is going on all the time. They're making your assessments all the time. And each one of these polls, Richard, is saying that you are the ones that's anti-Semitic. Mm. So when they're going to your quote-unquote conventions, the the NAACP is supposed to be your organization. When they're going to your organization and telling your young black people that they encourage to get involved, that they're fighting anti-Semitism, who are they fighting? Who? Come on, come on, brothers and sisters. It's right in front of you. I have to say that. The, the two things that jumped out to me, and I don't know if it, one is, and I think that was in the 70s that when it said the black nationalists in relationship to the Jewish state. <laughs> Did you, not Jews, the Jewish state. Yeah, that's what it says here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which means that black people farm policy. That, that, and it wasn't, and that one, that at the moment that those Young people had a farm policy outlook, and they had a nationalist outlook. Later, it says that the, the that this young population felt that Jewish the Jewish population here had too much power, and also the Jewish state. How is it that these people are so ignorant? You know, the poll is of this lower group. One, why do they have this nationalist idea, sentiment? Should, shouldn't that be focused on? And two, how is it that people who are uneducated got a foreign policy view? <laughs> wow. Richard, listen, another thing, too. If you ask the average black person about anti-Semitism, who do their minds go to? White. Whites, yeah. the yeah. Ku Klux Klan, Aryan Nation, yeah. you know, they, they're whites. That's who black people's mind go to. 
But these two polls came from Jewish organizations. They say that you are the ones that are anti-Semitic. They don't blame whites that look like them. They say that you are. But you bring these people in some uh, convention to give you plans on how to move forward to defeat uh, racism and white supremacy. Are you kidding? And, 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 And in 10 years, a person like Meek Mills being sponsored will be 46 years old right now. that person that, that, and and he's not really just emphasizing on. So the person that is 15 years old, who may be baby. And I understand, I believe that he's probably old for them. His, his genre is out. They got a new, they got a new crew crew, but the ones that are 15 will be 25. And he's speaking, he's going to be speaking to them. Yep. That's what they're saying, they're young people. That's what they're envisioning. That's what they're envisioning. But those plans ain't going to work. Believe me, I ain't no prophet, but those plans are not going to work. Let's go to a couple of these calls, Richard, while we still got some time. Let's go to 267. 267? 267, are you there? Uh, yes. Hello? Yes. Oh, okay, yeah, I didn't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, it was so much that you said, but I'll just start off with um, the um, the Haitian Revolution, since you were talking about France, how, uh, what was it, 1791 through like 1804, the, the Haitians beat the French. They was trying to take, take over Haiti. So by Haiti beating the, the French, the European... Uh, union agreed that Haiti has to pay France reparations. So, so that's one one reason why Haiti can't get off the ground because they they in debt on France for, for kicking France behind. And then you had the Berlin Con- Conference in eighteen eighty four to eight eighty five. The the white European nations agreed on how to colonialize Africa meaning sending settlers, uh, uh, groups of settlers to uh, gain, uh, take, I mean, take political control over Africa. That's why Africa has a, has a problem of, um, uh, 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 of getting out of debt on, on being controlled by the European nations. And, that, that, you know, Elijah Muhammad taught us about our enemy. He said, who is the colored man? The colored man is the Caucasian white man or Yaku's graphic double, the skunk of the planet Earth. Well, what does that all mean? That means that everywhere they go, they leave a stench of murder, of lying, of mischief, of some type of evil doing. These are the imposters of our planet. Uh, they are the troublemakers, the mischief makers. That's why you got all this black on black crime. They have made us so self-hatred uh, towards each other that now you're looking at uh, mostly black people. I mean, white. Uh, we're nothing but white people covered up with black skin because we, we 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 have become just about more evil than they have. But who? But the unseen hand is them. They causing it everywhere you go. Where black people are, there's self-hatred, 
they got this movie out about um, Barbie. Most of us would sell that dial tester they had in the sixties. If you had a your child choose a white dial and a black dial, most of most of, of us today would choose that white dial. I know I wouldn't, but it, you know when when you know your you when you know your enemy, you know what to expect from your enemy, and you know how to to, to defeat your enemy. And even Maya Angelou, I think she said, when someone shows you who they are, believe it. That's that's been our problem. We don't believe who Elijah Muhammad taught us who they are. And then when, once we know who we are, um, th- then we should be able to do better. If you know that you're the original man, the Asiatic black man, the maker, the owner, the cream of the planet Earth, the God of the universe, that's our potential. Because you, you, you can see we're not that yet, but that's our potential. We were the rulers of, of, of this planet. They had 6,000 years to rule us. Now the time is over. The only thing that's holding us up is rejection of the truth, the love of this world. And, and uh, we've talked about these Jews, and, and the Bible talks about them. These are nothing but white people with a fancy uh, title. Anti-Semite is nothing but a fancy word to cover up what they, who they are. There's no way black people can be against Semites. Semites are black people. So once you know the the, the, the language or the, the definition of that title, how can we be against ourselves? That doesn't even make any sense. They 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 um and they they talk about well there's there's uh Jew, Jews are being discriminated. How? You own all the industries in America and all over the world. But let's just talk about America for a second real quick. They run the music industry. From Sam Cooke all the way up to the modern rappers of the day, there's been murder, right, coming from the music industry, and they run it. Why are all these black people being murdered that are in the music industry? Sam Cooke, uh, Otis Redding, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson. What's, what's your problem? You mad because he, he didn't the, sell the, um, Sony the copyright uh, the, um, uh, of uh, the, the Beatles? They got mad. Sony got mad because Michael Jackson wouldn't sell back the masters of the Beatles. So they murdered him. That's one reason. And uh, So that's, that's all I, I have to say on that. Um, Thank you for your contribution, bro. Yes, sir. Thank you for your contribution, brother. Yes, sir. Peace. Let's go to 602. 602. 602. Yes, brother. Yes, brother. Yes, brother. Brother Richard, good evening. Brother Marcus here. Yes, sir. I, I second what that brother just cut off the phones and stated about those Jews. And if, yeah, if black people wake it up to them Jews and they want to label, label us anti-Semitic, so be it to hell with them because we're waking up to them because these people have been playing a double agent with black people because on one side, as the brother said, they, can, they control the music industry, so they put out this trash as me, me said, look, 
He said, the more trash you put out, they pay you more. They reward you more. So, he, he said it out of his side, own mouth. He said it out of his own mouth. Yes. So on one side, they 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 they, they put no trash that's destroying black people, and then come posing. Oh well, you know we are so we are so you know we so we love black people, and we we trying to help black people. If we try to help black people, give us back our diamonds that we just stole or we're stealing. Give us back forty seventh Street, the Diamond District, because I don't know how many diamond mines are in in. In Israel, so we are that wealth come from that Oppenheimer, that the beers, eh? that black people's wealth, that Jewish people stole, stole, and they were the ones who were financing the city of trade. They are the ones who financed the ships. So what the hell they talking about? You know the yes, black people kick them away from you because they're not they're not genuine people. They come and they, the, the preacher tell them, oh the Jews are the chosen of God. That means black people not chosen. Kick them away. Tell them to look. A good book to get is 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 uh, Dr. Tony Martin book, the Jewish onslaught. He don't to deal with them Jews. You see what I'm saying? Them people, they are bloodsuckers and vampires. And all they do is keep black people in a holding position in America. Because if black folks weren't here, then you would have seen what them Nazis do to them over there. Would be, you know, the, you would see the same thing replicate here because these people are, are crooks. They're only 2% of the, of the U.S. population, but look how much wealth they control, you know. I want to pivot a little to Africa, what we see taking place in Africa. Now, where they should be concerned about is they should be going into Sudan to help stabilize that situation in Sudan instead of trying to go in West Africa store up more problems. And that little old man you see from Nigeria that got elected, you got to watch him too, you know, because something wrong with him. Because he's pushing, but you see, he's probably scared because the Nigerian army may move against him. So, you know, he said, you know what? I prefer, let me get these troops out of here, let them go over there, go start some problems, so they don't start a problem here with me, which would be devastating because then the entire, from East Africa to West Africa would be in turmoil. All that belt would be in turmoil. So, what did I think the Nigerians, I mean, the, 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 the Niger, Niger government is doing? They say, all right, you are France, you got to leave. America, mm, you know, uh, maybe because America don't spend a lot of money down there with them. So they, 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 they're probably saying, all right, you are France, you leave. America, you can stay. Because <laughs> France will attack the place now if America is there. France will attack Niger with, with American troops in there. So I guess the African is getting more diplomatic and pragmatic and think our way through this foolishness. But watch that little man there in Nigeria because he's pushing for unrest. And if unrest break out across that region, then that's going to be a gateway for them people, for them, them Arabs to come penetrate more in Africa, because that was the problem, you know. They were sending those African troops out there, ill-equipped to fight these jihadists. And who knows, maybe even the 
government was behind the the jihad is penetrated into the we don't want islam to penetrate any further into southern into sub-saharan they need to go the hell back to where the hell they come from up there in north africa arabia where the hell is you know so look Unrest, more unrest is coming, but I think the African is finally realizing they're waking up and they have to do something. 700 million youth under 24. If we don't do something, we're going to have problems because that's unrest. They got to train those people, got to get them working, got to get them in the field, got to get them busy. Arrest, we're going to have more problems. <laughs> anyway, that's just my little contribution. Thanks for your contribution, sir. No problem, my brother. Please. Let's go to 267, 267. Yeah, Brother Elliot? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, how you doing, Brother Elliot? Hey, Brother Rich, how y'all brothers doing tonight? Good, good, good. Uh, praise be to Allah. You know, the two previous callers, they made a, they made some excellent points. The two previous callers before me, Brother, brother Marcus, and, and the other brothers, they called the first caller. You know, man, I'm telling you, you know, Brother Richard made it, said some of the 10 years from now with Meek Mills, right? He said he'd be 46, correct? Mm-hmm. Well, well, Brother Richard is, is spot on what he's saying because, see, that's the thing. Like you said, he'll have Meek Mills, you know, being an influencer over these young brothers and sisters that's coming up. They, they look up to him. And like you said, that's what these Zionist Jews are doing. They want to, like you say, cultivate people like the Meek Mills so they can indoctrinate these young brothers. For example, like you say, when 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 you talk about how they go on these they go to the NAACP where they know that these young brothers and sisters don't know their history so they can indoctrinate them with that. Well a good example there Elliot and Brother Richard and the time from waking listen over this was back I think it was last year when uh when Jonathan Greenblatt, the current head of the ADL, went on on the uh, Breakfast Club with Shamala the God and them. Now, again, like I always say, Elliot and Richard, if you're going to invite a Zionist Jew like that, I wouldn't have that devil on my show, but if you're going to have him on your show, at least know, be, put yourself in a position where you don't become ignorant, where you, where you, where, where you don't let him just come on the show and rant and rave and, not, and, and you don't even challenge him because you don't know the history and stuff. They let this man, and this is important for the audience to understand how these Zionist white Jews operate. Now he gets on, on the Breakfast Club with Shamala the guy and the, and the sister brother that's his co-host, and he gets on there. He's talking about this great injustice that, 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 that the Jewish community still suffering from about Leo Frank, a white, rich white Jew who, who back in the, in the 50s was lynched or in the late 40s or early 50s, I forgot exactly the time, uh, yeah, but it was around, around, around that time, he was lynched by a white mob. And the reason why he was lynched because he murdered a white girl. He, he raped and sodomized a white girl. Now, 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 when, now when this devil, when Greenblatt was in there talking that stuff, he didn't bring up the fact to Shamala, the guy in, 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 in the Breakfast Club audience, that Leo Frank had falsely accused a black man. Now, just using just common sense, uh, Brother Elliot and Brother Richard and the top speaker, listen, just by this man's accusation, you know how many black men probably was lynched or murdered or beat, whatever that we may never know about, you know what I mean, and stuff. So bottom line is that when they finally determined, when a white mob realized there ain't no black person did it, because when it all was said and done, it was no black man's DNA on this white girl that was murdered, but, 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 it was, but, uh, but the, all the white girl's DNA was on Leo Frank. And, and it was and it was common knowledge that the last person that had likely seen this white girl was him because she had went to his to his 
to his office to uh, get her check or whatever, her pay, a rest of her paycheck or something to that effect. And she, and he, and she was the last one that, 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 that he was supposed to be in contact with, and yet she was wound up being murdered and, and, and raped and everything. So, so again, it's clearly that Leo Frank was the one that did it to her. But because he was a rich white Jew, you know, they, the Jewish community you know, they'll say it was anti-Semitic, it was anti-Semitism, it was a hatred against Jews. No, the man did what he did, and he, and he got lynched and stuff by this white mob. But my point, like I say, is imagine all those black men that may have been murdered or beat for something that they didn't even do and stuff, you know what I mean? And I never heard the Jewish community even offer an apology for that. And like I said, it's a shame that Shamala the guy, when them ladies are so ignorant, they, then when they let Greenback get on their show and say that stuff, ain't none of them have enough common sense or knowledge to say, well, Mr. Greenback, what about Leo Frank's accusation that a black man uh, did this to this young lady. You know what I mean? I mean, again, if you're going to have these people, at least know what you're talking about. And see, this, this will all go back to what Brother Richard said 10 years from now. And, that, and that's the target date because they know a guy like, uh, like uh, what's his name, Meek Mills, and his ignorance and naivete, he can definitely influence a whole new generation of young black people. And, 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 and dig the move, Elliot. Again, and this went right over top of some of our people's head at the convention. Didn't Meek set up his own mouth and correct me if I'm wrong, Brother Richard and Brother Elliot? Did he not say they pay me more money to say the filthy stuff? Did he? Is that what he said? Now, now, who is today, Elliot? I know you were asking uh, sarcastic, Elliot. Who is today? Yeah. And we know who today is. It's the, it's the white Jewish music people. They are today. You know what I mean? Meek didn't say it, but you know, if you, if you got any sense, you know who he's talking about. And, and if anybody doubt that Brother Joe don't know what he's talking about, I, I take it to the source. The last emperor. Now, many in the audience probably say, Brother Joe, who was the last emperor? Well, he was a, a conscious rapper from, from the fluff area, and he's the nephew of Brother Rob, the late, great Brother Robert Gray and stuff from the Freedom Age Construction League. That was his nephew. And, and, and when Brother Robert had the meeting down at the Heinemann Center, who happened to be a choice place, and they, they wound up you know, not letting Brother Robert have his meetings no more after that, I guess they thought Brother Robert was an anti-Semite, so he banned him. We had his mom going to the Joe Coleman Library, but that's another story for another day. Well, anyway, when he had, when, when he had the last episode, this is back, I'm going back to 2005, somewhere around that time frame, when he had him as a guest there, the last emperor said, right, to all of us in that packed auditorium, meeting room at the Hotemy Center. He said, Brother Rob, he said, Uncle Rob, and to the, and to the brothers, just listen, he said, I got a story to tell. He says, I'm a conscious rapper. He said, I'll talk about the greatness of our people. I don't go around calling our women bitches and, and whores and black men niggas and all that kind of stuff. Because that word nigger, he said, that's one of the last things some of our people had before that white man put that rope around our people next. He said, I've heard, it, I've heard that word. He said, when I went to Hollywood and, and, and tried to get my record deal and stuff like that, he said, I met with, he said, not only me, listen to me carefully. He said, not only me, he said, me and my brothers and stuff, fellow rappers, some that was conscious and some was the gangster rappers. He said, we all met with these powerful white Jewish executives. This is his words, not mine. We met with some of the most powerful white Jewish executives. And this is what they told him. When he told them he wanted to talk about Malcolm X and Harriet Tubman and King and people like that, they told him, man, we don't want to hear that stuff. They said, you're not going to talk about bitches and whores. You ain't going to even deal with you. We, you ain't going to make no money. This is what these white Jews told him, man. They told him this. That's right. They said, they said, they, so the brothers that, that, that wanted to sing conscious rap, they was pretty much showing the door. But the ones that said they was willing to, to talk about the niggas, the bitches, the whores, and, 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 and talk about shooting each other and all oh, they, I got the trigger, kill a nigga. Oh, they got signed to big deals, big record deals. And, and I bring all this up to say this. It's so sad 
There's something about people when the black don't know this, man. And you got these cowardly black people like Derek Johnson and, 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 and Henry Louis Gates and stuff. They know that these people up to what they have did to instill on our people, but they're too damn spineless and cowardly to speak the truth, man. They know these filthy uh, Jewish uh, executives is pushing this filthy music on these young brothers, telling these young brothers to degrade their women, degrade their people, and they don't have enough damn guts to call these people out. But Lord knows, let the Sean Jackson or somebody say just one thing that they don't like. Uh, they, they jumped all over Kyrie because he was talking about a documentary, man. He didn't even make the damn documentary. They were all over that, brother. He need to go to Auschwitz. He's an anti-Semite. But yet they can sit there and, and pay these brothers millions of dollars to, to degrade their own people, degrade their culture. Man, are you kidding me? I mean, this, this nonsense has got to stop, man. We, it, 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 like you said, it's going to fail and it should fail because we cannot keep going at it with these people. At some point, the black community, in regards to these spotless Negroes that represent us, at some point, we're going to have to have it out with these white Jews and say, look, at once and for all, we're tired of your nonsense. Y'all are not no friends of ours. Stop all this stuff about we got to intertwine history because your history is not intertwined with us. Y'all have never been friends of ours. Some of your most vicious and cruel slave owners but some of these white Jewish slave owners documented facts from their own records and stuff. Not my records, but their records and stuff like that. So, so Stop all this nonsense about y'all friends about damn near every black person from Harry Belafonte to Dr. King to Malcolm X, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the label the anti-Semite. I mean, so come on with this nonsense, man, about y'all friends of ours. And like you said, how, how, do, how, how does that look, like you said, you, you, you're inviting Robert Kraft there. Now, he's talking about some he, he don't like what's going on in the country and, 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 and stuff, but yet he's supporting Donald Trump with this so-called rise of anti-Semitism and black hatred and stuff. Here's a man that support. Donald Trump, but he's sitting there telling black people he's friends of ours. Are you kidding me, man? If they're if they're in a contradiction, I don't know what one is, man. And these niggas are so silly, they don't even see what's going on, man. You got to be kidding me, man. He's a, a staunch supporter of Donald Trump, man, but he's friends of black people at the same time, though. Come on, man. You know, I mean, this stuff is just, it's just outrageous, man. It's outrageous and stuff, you know. He, he gave over a million dollars to his campaign. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But some of those, Him, but Jimmy some of those, Jones, the Cowboys, on all them white boys. And for all we know, Ellis, as quiet as he kept the one hand full of might have gave him something. We know they, they, they didn't say he was he dead or not, but for all we know, he might have gave him another so-called friend of black people, man. So we so we, we keep on falling for this nonsense and stuff, man. You know what I mean? they friends of ours. And so they, they with friends like that, hell, you never need an enemy. <laughs> I mean, I'm just keeping it real, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I mean, when you played those clips, and, and, and like you said, they're not close to these Last couple of months, I know Richard want to wind it down. Like you said, I don't like you. I don't call Mika a tree. He that's an ignorant brother. I mean, I'm not putting the brother down. He needs to know his history. But people like him, Professor Henry Louis Gates. And and Derek Johnson, they not ignorant. They know what time it is. These are educated men. They just playing a they just they just playing the treason game. They they they, they and what they doing is dangerous because they 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 indoctrinating up with these lies and stuff like that, man. You know, they see like they say, how the hell are you gonna mention the NAACP? without mentioning W. Du Bois. How are you going to talk about the creation of Israel without mentioning Dr. Ralph Bunch? Whenever, like I told you earlier, whenever you talk about the creation that is, that is illegal, Zionist, illegitimate state named Israel that you can't find on no map before 1941 when you had Brother Charles Barron on the other groups ago, he acknowledged that you can't find on no map before 1948, right? But they, but they, but they never talk about who helped create them, who had a, a major part. I already talked about Theodore Zetzel, Hitzel, the so-called father of Zionism. They never mentioned a black man by the name of Ralph Bunch who, was a, who who, by the way, they used to, just like they used, just like they used the, uh, 
uh, he's a Meek Mills now. They use Ralph Bunch, and, they, and he's pretty much been run out of history. Never, none of these white Jews talk about him. All they talk about is, oh my God, it's federal justice. It's like Ralph Bunch it never existed. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, is, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just get to a point where, 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 when does our people get tired of this nonsense, man? With these people, this so-called friendship that they had with us, man, and stuff, you know. But anyway, I, I said enough, man. I, I thank you and Richard for letting me, you know, express myself, and, I, and thanks for uh, the, the previous callers as well as the the, the commentary you play. Because the time for we can listen when it's they need to hear things like to know what's going on, man, and know how people are being played, and that's what they are. They are being played. Something with that, man. Thanks, Brother Elliot. Put me on mute, and I'll listen to the remainder of the show. Thanks for your contribution, bro. You're welcome. Thank you, man. This is to be Black Liberation Movement. Elmer Geronimo Pratt Gun Club presents the 7th Annual Black Liberation Movement Building Power Summit 2023. Building Power Summit, free the land, undivide, and reclaim. September 15th to the 17th, Jackson, Mississippi at the historic Black Tougaloo College. Portions of the conference to be aired on Time for an Awakening Media, Black Talk Radio Network. Calling all serious black power organizations, revolutionaries, organizers to attend this divine experience. For more information, contact Brother Patrick Lumumba, 662-560-5434. Sister Crystal Denise, 405-361-4751. And Brother Nick Bezel, 512-364-0050. That's the 7th Annual Black Liberation Movement Building Power Summit 2023. Time for an Awakening is a proud part of the Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black digital and podcasting platform. Richard? Yes, yes. Come up to the end of another program, man. Yes. Looking forward to uh, Sunday's program. Uh, Tomorrow, 7 to 9, the elders of Sankofa would host Dr. Janine James as host, and it's time for Awakening was We'll be back from on Sunday from 7 until. I want to thank everybody for listening to the program this evening. A lot of the discussion as always, and we'll be back on Sunday, Lord willing, to continue on this path towards an awakening. Peace. Peace. If you're driving through the country on a lazy afternoon, Children playing after school. They seem to be so unaware. I know, I know the things that they'll soon have to take care of.
to save the children.